Oftentimes in podcasts, people can get too wrapped up in giving the perfect show and making sure that it all makes sense. And sometimes people can forget that the whole objective is to be as real as possible unless your show is about fiction. So with this in mind, every couple episodes, I want to do a show called a Ramblethon, basically where I go through things that I want to change with the show and what my goals are for the show, as well as just to ramble on topics that are important to me. So that's what this episode will be. Thank you all for tuning in and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to The Whitaker Show. This is a show geared towards talking about the many key lessons and takeaways of Christianity with an eye towards apologetics. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, good morning, afternoon, night. Hope everyone is doing great. Um, Again, this is the Ramblethon. This is basically where I'm going to go through and talk about things that are important to me. Let me kick it off by kind of mentioning what caused me to want to do a ramblethon. So there are some days where it is really hard to build together a cohesive and informative podcast. Like there's there's times where I just I'm just not feeling a nudging on a certain topic by God. So that's why I felt that it was really cool that I could go through and just do like a ramblethon, just kind of talk to my audience and like let you know, let you guys know what's going on in my life and what's new with the show, and just to kind of ramble on. Um, this might be an episode that some people uh, skip, and that's totally fine. So I, just, I also want to start this off by talking about some interactions I've had um, in my Christian walk that have really caused me to really think. I've had a lot of people that I've talked with for an hour or two hours that are Christians that believe some pretty questionable things. Now my questionable, I don't mean that their faith is challenged or that I mean that their salvation is challenged or any of that kind of stuff. What I mean is, is that there is a role in, in Christian studies for philosophy um, and stuff like that. Oftentimes those kind of studies can detract from the main point of Christianity, which is Jesus Christ. But at the same time, it is important for us to engage in that kind of stuff. So this person I was talking with was of the bent that all religions are okay as long as you love. And therefore she was equating that all religions are the same, which is fundamentally not true. I've gone through on my show and I've detailed the differences between the Abrahamic faiths. Um, I have not gotten gotten into Buddhism, Sikhism, all that kind of stuff yet, but we're going to. What I was telling the client though is that there is a definite difference between cultures in the West and cultures in the East. There's a a big difference in civilization between both of those realms. There's also a difference in the value of human life. And that's something that the West has really prided itself on. There have been historical downdrops and there have been historical injustices in the West. But that doesn't negate the power of a pure God in the West. And it doesn't negate the power of the ideology that Christianity brings about that has framed the West. You know, I often tell people that if you've got a problem with the church, it's a people problem, not a religion problem. Because Christianity in and of itself is a religion of love, a religion of knowledge, a religion of tolerance, a religion of tons of things. I mean, just listen to those five pillars that I did a couple months ago. And those are tried and true 
excellent values to live your life by. So the conversation wasn't entirely fruitful in that I didn't really get my point across. But what's, what we did get across was the fact that we, we both believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and that we wanted to love. And that's, that's what's important. See, what I realized in the conversation was there was this was a conversation that I was kind of looking to win. And it's something I mentioned before. The objective in Christian apologetics or in evangelism is not to win, right? The, the objective is to get across God's message. That's the ultimate goal. And that's something that I hope I did in, in that conversation. But I know at first it, I was looking to win. I was looking to show this, this other person how I was right and how it's not that they were wrong, but it's that they were missing the boat on this one issue. So I've learned a lot from that. And then I've learned a lot from the ideology behind why we don't argue, why we're going to debate and take singular or multi-varied issues and define them as per our own philosophy and then apply our like religion to it. What do I mean? This is the importance of knowing scripture. See, I haven't versed myself on enough actual verses to have been able to support my views with uh, with actual verses. And that's what's important. It's, it's, not, it's not enough to just say, oh, you know, like the good book says, or it's not enough to say, well, th this right here is in the Bible. That's just not enough. How much greater would it be for us serving our God to actually know the verse and to be able to list it out to the person that we're talking to? I think that would be super important. So that was a big learning experience for me on that one. And it's going to help me with the show eventually too, because this has been a definite journey in doing something that I'm not used to doing. You know, I've, I've told you guys and gals that I've, I've got a bad stutter. So typically I like to type out like what I'm going to say and try to read it with as much personality as possible because I really don't enjoy doing things publicly as, as far as talking over a medium because especially with a microphone that's this nice because then I'm going to stutter. So that's just something that I'm really appreciative of people that have given me feedback so I don't even notice it and if I do it doesn't do anything to me. So that's cool because it does something to me. Um, but going on a little further I plan to do a Ramble-a-thon every month or two and it's also going to be a time of doing updates. See before I did an episode called Sweeping Updates there was an entire episode um, listing out what I was going to do with the show. So I'm going to, I'm going to replace that kind of thing with like Ramblethon version one, version two, version three. So my plans for the show, I want to start taking time and effort and money and form an LLC for the podcast. That way I can begin to include easier ways to donate and also create a paywall. So just so you guys are aware, I'm going to create a paywall. What is a paywall? That means there's going to be content that's free and there's going to be content that is behind a paywall, basically where you have to pay a monthly subscription to, which, which, which was my original goal. Most podcasts that are starting off, and especially those that are in like a medium stage, don't give weekly podcasts. Like normally it's twice a month. So I plan to give two episodes out of the four that I do freely and then the other two given via paid access which means I'll probably make those longer and then I'll probably shorten down the ones that I do that are free, which will keep the load even for me, but give an incentive 
for those of you who actually really want to support the show and those who actually enjoy this thing, which if you do, I'm very thankful because again, this is more for me than it is for you. And I'm also thankful just because you've taken your time out to watch and listen to me talk, which is pretty, pretty wild for me. So that's the objective. I plan to do this in the next month or two. And then I'll begin to add even more incentives. Like if you access the paid version of the website, you can then get a physical transcript of what I've said so that if you don't like listening, you can always read. And, and maybe I can create my own database of topics that then you all can access. And therefore, that should increase the value for you without increasing the price. So I'll probably set a price, and then if I can help it, I'm going to try to not change that. And then I'll just increase how much I market and how much content I provide on that current price so that you guys feel like you're getting the most amount of value. Because again, it's not about making money. Like my goal is to keep the show aloft and to fund further advancements in the show. You know, getting it to YouTube, possibly in the future, adding some animated resources, you know, maybe transferring this into a live format. Whatever God provides for me, I'll do. So that's the objective for that. That's going to happen in a couple of months. And I also plan on really getting out there with advertising like I want to start encouraging people to talk about the show and to say hey I, I listen to this one show um, it's kind of casual it kind of mentions some things on apologetics and logic and evangelism that kind of stuff and hopefully grow the show organically because again I don't use social media for the show this is not a social social media driven show I, I only do this via word of mouth and it's why I created a website um, and it's why I'm hoping to develop further my member access form of the website so people feel like this isn't this is a space for you like this is this is a space for you to enjoy it and if you want to retweet it or do whatever sort of social media aspect you want to do to advertise the show I'm totally cool with that I'm just not going to engage it I don't want to put the show up for blast or up for a cancellation on social media it's just it's just not worth it to me this is supposed to be an informatic show not so much of a um, social niche kind of show. So on that token, I've also played with the idea of monetization, with the idea of finding a dedicated sponsor for the non-paywall version of the show, something that's applicable to my listeners. So if you are a listener that's irregular, I would like your opinion. If I were to add monetization and ads, which would give you a special promo code toward that product, is that something that you'd want to hear or would they ultimately turn you off from the free version? And if it would, and I get an overwhelming response from that, I have no problem saying no to monetization. But if people want to have ads that are pertinent to them that they believe that they can get discounts on, that's something that would help me out and it's something that would help you out, then cool, I'm down with doing it. But if it's something that's gonna, you know, if, if it's a 30 seconds of my show that I'm gonna take to do that ad and you get turned off from that, as far as your attention to the show, I'm not going to do it. Because the whole branch is, is to get out God's word and to ultimately bring together cohesive topics about Christianity and God's logic into a format that people enjoy. Something that you can listen to with your family or something that you can let your like younger ones listen to that are looking to get into critical thinking as well as getting into understanding their faith on a level beyond just going to church or going to VBS. Vacation Bible School. On that note, let's kind of change topics here. So one thing that I've been watching in our culture lately is a severe decline 
in objective moral values. What do I mean? I'm seeing more and more trends toward our culture making itself God. Now, people may not think that's what they're doing, but when you take away objective moral values handed down from a holy God, whose rules are you following at that point? And this is what concerns me. When you, A, view your values as superior to a religion's values, that's okay as far as you can do that in your life. God allows for that. But what you're missing the boat on is that humans' values, like men and women's values, they change over time. I can tell you wholeheartedly that the person I am now is not the person that I was before. And I can also tell you wholeheartedly that what I believe now and the things that I stand for that define me as a man are not the same things that I stood for as a kid or even as a 22-year-old or even as a 23-year-old. My life has substantially changed through marriage and through my faith. So add in that sort of variability to someone who is in a political office who has competing interests in his personal life and his or her work life and his and her, all these kind of things, you're going to get values that are, that are going to change constantly. And like you can see this in different cultures around the world, especially in the West, in different states, in, in the, the United States, in our overall politics in general. And what this concerns me is because our, the nation of America was founded on Christian principles, right? Our founding fathers weren't just deists. They were Christians, not just because of their belief in God, but because these were values that could uphold a civilization. They were values that were positive. You know, the, the Ten Commandments are not insane topics. They're, they're pretty mundane things. You know, don't murder, don't covet, that's that, that sort of stuff. Um, things that we should be doing anyways. Like the rule of law in America is based upon, um, like Mosaic law, it's based upon Christian values. Not just because God is great and because Christianity is an eminently amazing religion, but because it's you've got to have objective moral values outside of a human system. The main reason why I believe in a holy God is because I know, objectively, that on my own, I am not substantial enough to handle life in an appropriate manner. I know intrinsically that were I given to my own devices, I probably could live a good life, with quotation marks, but I probably couldn't live an enlightened life. What do I mean? The kind of difference that you make in others' lives, in your own life, and in the world around you, through following the Holy Spirit, is far greater than you can do on your own. And yes, there are people out there that are great people that don't believe in God. I totally get it. But if they're so great in their humanity, how much greater would they be in their spirituality? And that's always a contention there, right? So a prime example of this is Paul, or Saul, um, who persecuted and killed Christians. He felt that was his mandate. He was a very learned man, extremely powerful and intelligent, um, and he accomplished a lot as far as his goal goes. You know, what he was doing was deemed as good work. And then Jesus came and blinded him and brought him to eternal life and changed his name to Paul, and he became a writer of a huge part of the New Testament. So look at the difference between Paul's life before and afterwards. You know, some he viewed murder and persecution as positive traits as long as it was as long as it was the enemy. Whereas afterwards, all he cared about was 
love Jesus Christ and how to get the message out. A complete shifting in moral values. Right? That's, that's the key here. God changes lives. God changes our objective moral values and makes them intrinsically better. My life is a living example of this. Um, I didn't view intrinsically a problem with premarital sex. Now, I'm not saying that you lose your faith if you do that kind of stuff, right? But objectively, we all, we, we all know your chances of becoming pregnant, your chances of compromising your relationship, your chances of reducing effective relationship-oriented interpersonal communication are dramatically changed from not engaging in that. That's just, something, that's just something that I've realized because I knew that in my previous relationship where I did engage in that, my relationship with my then fiance was dramatically different than when I waited with my wife. Right? So, because we waited until marriage to engage in that kind of activity. Not because we're holier than you or because, or because, or because we're better than anybody. That is not the message that I'm getting across here. It's just. When our focus was on God and our focus was on godly things, the increase that I experienced, the level of comfortability and like the level of meshing that I have with my um, with my current wife was completely different than that previous than that previous relationship. And yeah, I had to go through some hard times to get to where I'm at now, where I have this amazing and, in my view, perfect wife. It took a lot of struggle and it took a lot of like learning. Luckily. My wife didn't have to go through that sort of stuff. She um, she had not engaged in those kind of things before she met me, which was good for me. And then it creates problems between, it could have created problems between me and her. Were she to be a less mature person, um, luckily she didn't have any insecurities when it came to my past. And, that, and that's another hard effect of that. So my goal here is not to talk about the dangers and the threats of premarital sex. I mean... Look, we we have what our objective moral values, right? So each each sin is a sin. God doesn't view any sin any greater than any other. You know, if you lie, it's a sin to God. If you cheat, it's a sin to God. If you steal, if you, you know, it's all the same to him because it's not of him, right? Like there's no different levels of heaven. There's no different levels of hell. There's just good and bad, right? There's God and there's not God. So who am I to cast stones at anybody else? Right, but there are things that we need to realize as a culture that are positive attributes. You know, one big thing that I've noticed is that the, the propensity one has to show self to show respect toward another human being says a lot about a realm and about a culture. Right. So, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Opening doors, having the ability to pause when someone is talking, and actually listen, engaging in as much conversation as possible. To get to know that person, those are positive traits, right? And the, the, those are positive traits that God encourages because each person is a soul to win for Christ. Each person is someone who believes in Christ and, and has the Holy Spirit in them. You're doing God's work by loving them. You're doing God's work by being nice to that person. That's just a fundamental key value, right? Furthermore, the, the value in human life seems to me to be an issue across the entire world. There are a lot of nations that are viewing one's value as a human being as their value to the current realm of government. And this goes against fundamental Christian values. Your value and your worth has nothing to do with this world. It's everything to do with Jesus Christ. 
right? Like my value is intrinsically tied to my relationship with Jesus Christ. And by value, I mean, if you value me less, that's fine. It doesn't matter because I know that Jesus Christ loves me and that God, God loves me enough to die for me and to indwell his Holy Spirit inside of me. Each human life is fundamentally and irrevocably important. That's, we, we, we cannot forget that. Please do not demonize your fellow human. Please do not ostracize them. You may not like what they believe in personally when it comes to anything from politics to religion, to, but our goal and our objective is to love one another. And if that means that you have to ignore them to love them, that's okay. But viewing people as, as, as non-human or as less than human is not the objective. And that's not the Christian way. It's not. So long story short, I think a cultural revival can happen as long as we're, as we're willing to give God the reins, to start believing in God and start to like believing in his aspects and to begin talking about him. Let's, let's begin getting back to our roots and our fundamentals. Let's, let's begin getting back to stop being so focused on what other people think of us and get focused on, and get focused on what we can do for God, what God thinks of us, right? Because of course, we all know that he loves us. What's important is that God wants the best for all of us and he wants us to grow in him, which means we grow in prosperity in our personal lives. And, and it, may, it may not be money. It may just be personal satisfaction, but hands down, eternal life as a guarantee and joy unrequited, non-influenced by the world joy, that is what Christianity promises. Eternal salvation and joy. It's not going to be an easy road. It'll be a road that's filled with blessings and a road where you're growing in the most positive way possible with eternal, objective, moral truths. Look, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Y'all have a blessed day or night or morning. Godspeed, y'all.